There are a few questions that we get a lot. The age of accountability is one of them. Is there an age of accountability? What is the age of accountability? When babies die, do they go to heaven? Today, is there an age of accountability? Hi, this is Robert Furrow and welcome to Hot Topics. If you're new here, consider liking, subscribing, sharing, and ringing the bell so you can get all of our new content. And the comment section is open below. We would love to hear from you. The concept of the age of accountability is taught by most pastors, but is there a biblical background for it? And there are also those who believe that there is an age of accountability and those that believe that there's not. We'll talk about both of those today. I want to start by talking about the age of accountability. I don't think there's any age that God finally says you are now accountable. I think it depends on the person and you might have someone who is mentally ill and doesn't have the capacity to know what right or wrong is, but we do get an idea from scripture. In fact, you may be surprised as to how much the Bible has to say about this issue. We're only covering a handful of the verses. If you're interested in more, it's a study that you can do and really dive into and get a lot more information. First of all, I want to talk about what just makes sense. If you have a baby that is stillborn, if you have a baby who was aborted in the womb, if you have a baby that dies at a really young age, it would seem that God would have compassion on these children and bring them into heaven. I believe that they would still be saved by the blood of Jesus, whether or not they had to make a decision or not after they died or how that would all work out, I don't know. Uh, this question brings up a lot of other questions that are hard to answer, but the Bible does give us some clarity so that we can be confident that these babies go into the presence of God. I wanna start by sharing five different passages with you that help us to really grapple with this question. The first one is in Deuteronomy 1:39. The children of Israel are gathered together at the promised land. This is Deuteronomy, the second law. And so it's the next generation. You remember that their mothers and fathers died in the wilderness because they rebelled and would not go in. And so God is talking to them about why that took place. And he says in verse 39 of chapter one of Deuteronomy, moreover, your little ones and your children who you say will be victims who today have no knowledge of good or evil, they shall go in there. To them I will give it, and they shall possess it. Now this is the generation that is standing there now. But notice that it says your children, who you say would be victims, and then he says this, who today have no knowledge of good or evil. That is, those children that were small enough when the rest of them would refuse to go in the promised land and were held accountable for that, those children that didn't know good from evil were not held responsible for that. And that makes sense. I think it's important that we are not saying that a baby is not born with a sin nature. I think we all are. It's whether or not that baby can determine what is right and wrong and at what age they can determine what is right and wrong and have accountability. But we know that God's thinking about it because we find it here in Deuteronomy. God's the one who said it. Today have no knowledge of good or evil. They may have the sin nature in them, but they have no knowledge of good or evil. Now let's go on to Jonah 4.11. 
And should I not pity Nineveh, the great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left and much livestock? So as God was talking to Jonah about Nineveh, he was saying, shouldn't I care for this city? Because out of all of the hundreds of thousands that are there, and we're talking about non-Jewish people here, there are 120,000 who didn't know their right hand from their left. And God cared about them. He was willing to make repentance for the sake of those who didn't know their right hand from their left. Also notice that he cared about the livestock and much livestock. Our God is a God of compassion. And again, he's the one who brought up those that don't know good from evil in Deuteronomy 139. And those that don't know their right hand from their left hand in Jonah 411. So we know that God is concerned about this. And God's going to be just in his judgments. And if a baby were to die before, if a baby were to die at six months old, would it be just to send that baby to hell? Would it be just to punish it for having a sin nature, even though it doesn't know what right and wrong is? I don't believe that it would be just, and I don't believe that the Bible teaches it. Now, this is an interesting one, and this is in Job 3.16. And here Job is lamenting his condition. He has boils all over him. He's miserable. He's sick. He's lost everything. His life has taken an incredibly ugly turn, and he's just being honest before God. And here's what he says in Job 3.16. Or why was I not hidden like a stillborn child? So he says, why wasn't I stillborn? Why did I have to be born that I would be going through all of this suffering? He goes on to say, like infants who never saw light. Then he says, there the wicked cease from troubles, and there the weary are at rest. There the prisoners rest together. They do not hear the voice of the oppressor. The small and the great are there, and the servant is free from his master. So he talks about freedom, and he talks about rest. Now, at this point, there are those who are going to object. They're going to say that in the Old Testament times, they didn't talk about eternity, that they only talked about the grave. And although a lot of scripture does talk about the grave, David said, in the grave, we don't remember you, which may very well be true about the grave. But the Old Testament teaches clearly heaven, and it teaches a resurrection. Think of Daniel 12, 1, that then everyone will be resurrected, some to everlasting life and some to everlasting contempt. Think about Job saying, I know in my flesh, I will one day stand on the earth with my redeemer. He not only said that he was going to have a redeemer, but he was going to stand on the earth in his flesh, which would mean that he believed in a resurrection. Job is the oldest book of the Bible that we have in the Old Testament. And so he looked at whether or not it would be better to be stillborn because there would be benefits for him and he wouldn't have to go through the suffering. And so I believe that this is a clear indication that a stillborn child does go into the presence of God. All right, let's go to 2 Samuel 12. We're going to start in verse 22 now. And this is where David has sinned. He slept with Bathsheba. He killed her husband, Uriah. And then he repented had a real contrite heart, and God forgave him, but the child died. Oh, I think it was as a punishment that the child died. And David grieved greatly when the child got sick. But when the child died, he got up and he ate. 
And his servants were shocked. And so they asked him, what's the deal? The child is sick and you look like you're not going to make it. Then the child dies and you go on and listen to David's response. He said, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious unto me and that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. Again here, some will say, well, in the Old Testament, they had no idea of a resurrection, but it's simply not true. There are many verses. We'll actually do a hot topic on it someday because it's so controversial, but there are so many verses that refer to the afterlife. And so David said, I'm going to go to that child, but that child's not going to come back to me. He believed that that child that died was in the presence of God. And I believe that that was a solid belief. And I believe that we can have that same belief as well. Now, let me bring you to a New Testament passage, and that is Mark 10, 13. Here they bring children to Jesus and listen to what Jesus says. Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought him. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, let the little children come unto me and do not forbid them for such are the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter in. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them and blessed them. And so we see Jesus's heart for children and here he was displeased. And this is the only time that that word is ever mentioned to him. There's another place that Jesus talks about the angels of the children. And we also know from Hebrews chapter one, the very last verse of chapter one, that angels are sent to minister to those who have life. And if there are angels of the children, it would say that they would have life as well. Now, the reason that this is controversial is because Reformed theology teaches that if a child was chosen to perish, that child is going to go to hell. If the child was chosen for life, that child is going to go to heaven. And I just want to say that I am Reformed. I believe in sola scriptura. I believe in all five of the solas. But what I reject is limited atonement and irresistible grace. That's the idea that God randomly chooses some to be saved and some to be lost. So they believe if that child wasn't chosen, that that child would go to hell. Or if that child was chosen, that they would go to heaven. Now, I can't say that everyone who believes in Reformed theology or covenant theology would believe these things. But I do know there are those who do. But I know that we can be confident that these children that die are in the presence of God, that God in no way is going to be unjust to them but God is going to treat them fairly. And I understand that this is not an issue of fair. Not everybody's treated fairly, right? Some people are given grace and some people aren't. So that would be fair. But, but the justice of God, that God would interact with these children that die that don't know their right hand from their left hand. And whatever the age of accountability may be. It's interesting that in Deuteronomy, the ones that made it into the promised land were up to 20 years old. So some have suggested that the age of accountability is even older. The bar mitzvah is 12, and that's when a young Jewish man is, or young Jewish boy is considered to turn and be a man. So some have believed that it's 12. Some believe that it's younger than that. And you may use some other metrics for that. But what we do know is that God is fair, that God is just, 
and that when a baby dies or when a baby is aborted, that that baby is in the presence of God. And I don't think they're a baby anymore, by the way. I believe that they have their restored body, and I know that's a question for some people for another hot topic.